get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games One preseason game down, one to go. Where exactly do the Winnipeg Blue Bombers sit? We got a, a football game that's actually going to mean something in just about a week. Welcome inside season two, the debut of Bonfire Midweek. Darren Bombing joined as always by Zach Schnitzer. I affectionately call him the Schnitz or Schnitzy. <laughs> we'll see if that uh, name bar down there changes a little bit throughout the season. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, buddy, let's get it started. This is Bonfire Midweek. We're, we're ready. And hey, everyone, if, if you've been here before, welcome back. If you're new, welcome inside Bonfire Midweek. Uh, let's go. I've got my midweek shirt that you got me. It looks pretty pretty slick here. Uh, nice. I will be wearing the chain, but only in the regular season, Darren. So, <laughs> hey, I'm talking to you, talking to our fire starters about football. I'm a happy guy. Yeah, I think we're all happy, uh, happy people these days. Uh, football season is here finally, and we got a little bit of a look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the preseason in Edmonton over last weekend. Now it's going to be Friday night at the Madhouse on Matheson, seven thirty kickoff. This is this is what you got to do. Okay, we got you on Bonfire Midweek right now, all season long. Zach and I are going to get into it. Zach, the Blue Bomber diehard super fan, myself. Uh, a little bit more objective uh, from, you know, my uh, my perch as a reporter uh, and sports writer here in the city. We got Bonfire Midweek Wednesdays all season long. Like, look, if, if the Bombers play on Thursdays this season, we'll probably move the show to Tuesday because game day Winnipeg with myself and Chris Walby always the day before the game. We'll go live uh, in the afternoon. This will be this week, Thursday, 4, 4.15. Walby and I are going to hit the airwaves with Game Day Winnipeg. And then the post-game show, after every game, maybe 15, 20 minutes. We'll see how it goes. But a little bit after the game, hang tight. We got you covered top to bottom. Pre-game, post-game, bonfire midweek. I'll have some more goodies this year. Lots to get into on the show today, Zach. I know you want to talk about Adam Big Hill, and Brady Oliveira, and Jackson Jeffcoat. Uh, all of these guys that haven't really done too much during training camp this year. What's going on with Mark Leggio? Maybe I was wrong about Mark Leggio when you and I did our postgame show uh, after the, the preseason game. Maybe I was wrong. I want to talk a little bit of Carlton Agadosi versus Rashid Bailey and two returning receivers that are, might be fighting for just one spot in the starting lineup. Other position battles. I think we'll get into expectations maybe for the year and uh we might even uh you know tease a little sia.com slash bonfire that's your exclusive link to get a 100 bonus i think it's up to a thousand dollars right now you deposit a thousand they'll give you a thousand if you deposit 20 bucks they'll give you 20 bucks or anything in between which is pretty great uh there so uh where do you want to start zach what's most pressing to you from your perspective as a fan of this team that, 
You know, it could be February, it could be November, it could be July. It doesn't really matter what's going on. You're living, breathing, and bleeding blue and gold. <laughs> well, it's like it's like you talked about, Darren, with some of those. Well, are they injuries? Do we even know? But when you when you see that Jackson Jeffcoat has barely practiced, I know he came back uh today but we don't know how much he participated when you have brady Oliveira, who was just kind of warming up today coach said he wasn't really practicing janarian grant was taken off the suspended list but is he good to go i mean those are those three pieces are are you know they're pillars of this organization in terms of the roster are they good to go that's that's my biggest concern because if Biggie Oliveira and Jeff Coat and Janarian Grant aren't good to go, that's a big problem. Yeah, it'd be an absolute. Yeah, it'd be a huge problem. But do we know? Do we not know? This is what we know for sure: Mike O'Shea and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do not speak to specifics on injuries. It doesn't matter if it's training camp, off season, mid season. They're hush hush. So. What has Mike O'Shea said? Can we read between the lines? He has said pretty much across the board, blanket statement. I get it. But his blanket statement has been, those guys will be ready when they're ready. So Adam Big Hill is an interesting one to me, Zach. I think he's somebody that is, well, I mean, we know how important he is to the defense. But with his age... And with, um, you know, uh, some of the other pieces that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have, are they going to push him to be ready for, for game one? I think you would have to, um, you know, this is just my take. I think you would have to, you know, nearly handcuff this guy to his locker stall to keep him from getting dressed and suiting up in game one. I don't one. even think that would work. He, he's so ripped. He, he would he would get himself out of that. <laughs> You'd have to do some kind of Houdini magic on him to get him You'd off You'd have the to field, do something. Maybe. You have to put him, in a, put him in a tank. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> we'll see. Brady Oliveira practiced day one at training camp, had not practiced since, returned today. Jackson Jeffcoat practiced the first few days of camp, uh, did not since. He came back a couple days ago, uh, yesterday I think it was, uh, Tuesday, um, practicing a little bit, and we'll see if he is good to go. Adam Bighill has not put on pads or cleats. Well, he might have been wearing cleats, but he has not participated in practice with his teammates in 2023 training camp. Does he need the reps? This is what Michael Shale often say. These guys don't need reps. And I, you know, for sure, they don't need reps. But I would imagine some of these guys want to take a hit, want to run, you know, sideline to sideline between the whistles, want some live reps against real competition uh, before the season starts. Uh, so for Adam Big Hill, I'm very curious to see that depth chart or roster that the Winnipeg <laughs> this Blue Bombers is a Dr. Evil depth chart. Mm, <laughs> one billion. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. You know, it's expected to come out tomorrow, Thursday, uh, and we'll see if Adam Big Hill is expected to dress. Um, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see any with, of those guys dressing. I yeah. think they're all either nicked up or they don't have to practice or a bit of both, right? It could be well, both. they're nicked up. I, th I think up. I think Biggie's nicked up because I think he was injured for a lot of last year. I remember hearing that. So 
Jeff Coat, of all of them, it's Jeff Coat. He's the one that worries me the most yep. because he has an injury history. It, it, we seem to only get, you know, 10, 12 games out of him each year, and he's not getting any younger. But, uh, you know, I heard a stat that he causes the most quarterback pressures in the CFL among defensive linemen. That's a huge stat. That is absolutely like he he is a most outstanding defensive player caliber guy. And when he's not there, it it messes with the Bombers D rotation. And you saw that in the Grey Cup, which I'll do my sober second thought about a bit later, a short one, a bit of a controversial one. But oh. uh yeah, if he's not there, it's it's a much different defense. Now that said, like I don't disagree with you that he is that caliber of player. But it probably helps a lot to have Jackson, or to have Willie Jefferson on the other side, to have the type of defense that Winnipeg has had over the last number of years, as Jeff Code has cut his teeth in the CFL and now moved into that, you know, seasoned veteran status, uh, you know, in the Canadian Football League. Um, but Brady Oliver is an interesting one because he's a young guy. You know, like Jackson Jeffcoat, time in the NFL, you know, he's a little bit older. Big Hill, you know, we know uh, he's an older player. But Brady Oliveira has only been in pro football for a while. What is he, 25, 26 years old, if I had to guess? So that's somebody, I wonder if this is like load management, if this is, um, you know, preparation for a tailback in pro football. Like, do you need the rigors of a training camp on your RB1's body. I don't yeah. think you do. Because yeah, Brady Oliver is a thousand yard yeah. rusher. Hit a thousand yards last year. First time in his career. He is the guy. He and is he the have, guy. And you know what? He should have more this year. Because you remember at the beginning of the year. He was splitting reps with Augustine. And plus he didn't have his mojo going. He was trying to be an Andrew Harris. Whereas he was asked by Kevin Burgoyne to say. you know, Kevin Burgoyne said. Uh, the running backs coach. Just be yourself Brady. Hit the hole. And you saw what happened. His his yep. production spiked considerably. And if you have that kind of production from the very beginning, Darren, uh, I, I think it's pretty exciting with our O-line what Brady Oliveira could do this year. Yeah, I, I think Winnipeg's offense is going to be incredibly balanced. Uh, so, you know, if you're on SIA.com slash bonfire, you're looking at some of those futures bets uh, and that sort of thing. I don't know if there's a ton of value in taking a Zach Kolaris to lead the league in passing. That said, he probably has the best receiving core he's ever had in his pro career. When you add Kenny Lawler to Dalton Schoen and Nick Dembski and what we've seen from Bailey and Agadosi in the, the game and a bit that he played last year, but that one big two touchdown game uh, against the Calgary Stampeders at IG Field, um, Drew Wolitarski, Brandon O'Leary, Orange, yeah. some of these young guys that are making noise. Um, it, it'll be interesting uh, in, in that sense. Speaking of making noise, I got to get into this first because they're back again, just like we are here on Bonfire Midweek. And that is our good friends at Shannon's Irish Pub, the iconic spot in downtown Winnipeg underneath the streets 175 Carlton Street. They're just a saucer pass down the block from True North Square. You can't miss them. Awesome spot. This isn't just your average eclectic traditional pub. 
this place has amazing food, a curated menu of outstanding culinary delights. How about that for a cell job, Zach? Shannon's Irish Pub, uh, they got 21 beers on tap, as you see on your screen, uh, and they've uh, got you covered with your cocktails, uh, your, your whiskey and scotch selections as well. And uh, again, the food off the charts. So big thanks to uh, Shannon's Irish Pub for uh, joining us here on Bonfire Sports for the 2023 season once again. Hey, it's great to have them because now we have the luck of the Irish. Yes. Yes, we do. Right? I'm not doing that accent, man. No way. <laughs> I want to see you. Maybe we'll go to Shannon's and have a couple pops and we'll we'll see you do it. I, well, I bet you Walby would do it. Yes, he's already been bugging me. Got to get him down there. I went I went there uh, on the weekend uh, after the Sea Bears game. This spot is electric, man. Like it is a fun yeah. place to be. And then, you know, they got game day specials before, after every Jets game, home and road, every Blue Bombers game, home and road. They'll have the game on the TV and, you know, drinking food specials on those days. Uh, it's it's a great spot to uh, take in the game, be downtown where all the action is. Wow. Uh, so big shout out to uh, Shannon's Pub. Be sure to check Ye them out. Thanks to everybody who's watching uh, on YouTube, on Facebook. Maybe you're watching on Twitter. Or maybe you're watching on LinkedIn or Twitch. Those right. are all the places you can see Bonfire Sports. <laughs> you're twitching, Zach. But maybe you're listening a little bit later on the podcast. If you are, appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to, uh, you know, subscribe to uh, the podcast on your app. Get over to YouTube or Facebook. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a like. Comment. Uh, we appreciate that a lot. I read them all. I answer them all. Somebody had a great story this past week in the comments uh, about um, having Chris Walby in his... Um, what was it like an MG, like a tiny little convertible at Winnipeg beach back in the day. And Walby's head was above the windshield and they got pulled <laughs> over by the, uh, by the RCMP. Uh, well, I passed funny. that message along to Chris. I'll let him tell, uh, his perspective on it, uh, tomorrow on game day, Winnipeg, but get into the comments or text us on the bonfire hotline, 204-816-TIPS, 816-8477. Standard messaging message rates, just like if you're texting your mama or your boy or, or your girl or your best friend or, or whatever. But uh, get into the comments uh, and uh, you're the fire starters. Give us a little bit of uh, a little bit of stoking uh, of the fire and uh, we'll, we'll keep the conversation going here. Well, I think you, me, Walby and some fire starters need to get down to Shannon's for a for an evening, an evening Amen. of fellowship. Fellowship. I like fellowship. that. That's a that's yeah. a that's a very. Uh, uh, PG way of putting it. Fellowship. <laughs> uh, so you think, okay. you think so, all those guys are injured though, Darren, just before we get to the next thing? Yeah, like, for sure. I mean, yeah, something is up. Yeah. Like in Big Hill's case, I don't think you take the entirety of training camp off if that's the case. Uh, Jeff Coat, three, four days and then nothing for two weeks. Probably something, right? Uh, Brady Oliveira, day one and then nothing since. And then, you know, he's come back um, uh, to, to do some work on the field. So that's a good thing. I, I probably expect him to be involved in the game uh, this week, but not quite sure. Friday night, the, the 7.30 kickoff with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders in town, uh, wrap up the preseason. We'll see. This is my take on it, Zach. Until these guys are missing 
practice during a game week. And I'm not talking about a preseason game week. I'm talking about, you know, six, seven days from now. Are they going to be missing meaningful reps in practice ahead of that regular season opener with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in town? Rivalry game, a team that is going to be, uh, you know, obviously new look with Bo Levi Mitchell. They're going to be fighting tooth and nail. I don't think it matters who comes to town or where the Blue Bombers go for week one. They're going to want to start the season off right. So Big Hill, Jeff Coat, Oliveira, all of those guys, everybody, they want to make sure Everybody is ready for game one. I think this team is so veteran, Zach, that they're almost like, let's get this preseason over with. Let's play meaningful football, live bullets, as they'll call it. Yeah. I hear you. I I, I believe you. We'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see with bated breath. Speaking of waiting and seeing, we wait for Carlton Agadosi following his pretty nasty injury last season. We see Rashid Bailey have a great year with Winnipeg, go into free agency, and then decide a few days later to come back and sign with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I see that spot as one that those two are fighting for. And I think, not sure, but I think the naturalized Canadian rule, I don't know how many people out there hit the comments if, if you've, you've heard of this naturalized Canadian rule, uh, which is new for the 2023 season in the CFL, where you can take an American with a certain veteran status, either with their current team or in the CFL, and they can replace an injured Canadian as a Canadian, a naturalized Canadian. They can play 49% of snaps, no more than that, as a naturalized Canadian. So let's say the Bombers, you know, Jake Thomas gets hurt. Maybe they can take an American defensive lineman and put him in there or maybe even an American defensive back and offset the ratio with that. So have you heard of it? Hit the comments. I want to know this rule is still being ironed out with the league and the PA and the teams, but they're going to identify two quote unquote naturalized Canadians every week on their roster. Uh, like when the depth chart and roster comes out, the two uh, naturalized Canadians will be identified and they can only play 49% of plays in that role as a naturalized Canadian offsetting the ratio for an injured Canadian, or I don't even think the Canadian needs to be injured. Well, that's what anyway, I was ask because you. it's 49% of plays, you call them 49ers. So have you heard of the 49ers? Uh, and do you think it's a good idea? Hit the comments. I, I want to see uh, people there. What do you think of that? I think it's I think it's intriguing, and I also think it's 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 as clear as mud. You you know you said this. Do they actually have to be injured to be taken out of the game? Um, I'm not I'm not so sure. I mean, you look at the designated import rule where you can have four Americans who can play on special teams and back up other Americans, so they can't start. Uh, those players don't have to be injured for the DIs to come in. So. You know, I see this naturalized Canadian position as something a little bit different. I, I look at you talked about Bailey and Agadosi. I see Bailey as a real linchpin for this naturalized Canadian because mm -hmm. he could be a naturalized Canadian because he's been in. The, you talked about this on the post game, but, 
naturalized Canadian folks is you have to have been on the same team for three years in your fourth, so three years under your belt, or have been in the CFL for five years, so be in the sixth year in the CFL. And, and Rashid Bailey's been on the team for three years. Now it's his fourth. He could sub in for 49% of snaps, but let's say it's Drew Walatarski. And let's say Drew Walatarski is, is, it isn't that Drew's injured. Maybe they take him out because it's a sure passing down. And they want someone who can stretch the field a little bit more in a mm-hmm. Rashid Bailey. Yeah. And, or let's say it's a passing <clears throat> down and Zach Kolaris wants a true spread offense with six receivers and they take out Brady Oliveira. Yeah. Well, now you have that, that kick-ass receiving core with Lawler and Dembski and Schoen and you throw in Rashid Bailey. And Carlton Agadosi, like and Carlton all in, Agadosi, right? like talk about a kid in a candy store with Zach Kalaris or who's ever behind setter. My goodness, because let's face it, Rashid Bailey. I mean, some people are wondering if he's going to be playing a lot of expensive snaps because they have Carlton Agadosi, but Rashid Bailey is nothing to sniff at. He is a he's a I don't know. Would you say he's an elite receiver? I would say he's. Pretty darn good. He had about what nine, ten touchdowns last year. Rashid, every yeah, Rashid. Everybody remembers Flight eighty eight at the Banjo Bowl where he took a Zach Kolaris pass over the yeah. middle for what 30, 35 yards and just touched the edge of the cone. It didn't even knock over the cone, Darren. That was probably the Bombers' play of the year. Um, well, it was so the I just, photo of the year. Yeah, it was a great a good shot. Photo. Yeah, so well, it, I think it's it was an Rob. Concept. I, I gotta give I gotta give props. I think it was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers photographer. He also does some stuff with uh, Valor FC. Obviously, Rob Ong, who oh, took yeah. that shot, uh, amazing, amazingly done. Is Rashid Bailey elite? Look, no. Is he elite amongst fans of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers like yourself? Yeah, like there's a ton of reasons to love Rashid Bailey. I can see that appeal, but big picture for the entire CFL, is he elite? Probably not. Uh, What did he do? He played 18 games last year, 63 receptions for 729 yards, nine touchdowns. So yeah, he had a nose for the end zone. Um, But, you know, I see him as a great red zone target. I see him as a great blocker in the run game and in the pass game, you got to remember the, the receivers block during the passing uh, passing plays as well to, you know, let Dalton shown and Nick Dembski and some of those guys uh, do the yak, do the, the yards after the catch, do the um, you know, the making guys miss after the, the catch. Uh, he makes it all happen. Those guys make it all happen with their blocking downfield. So, yeah. um, you know, I think Rashid Bailey, the Bombers were probably very, very happy to get him back. But as is the case in football, it's it's a business and they're always like, there's no security in this game. If you're Zach Kolaris and you sign a three-year contract, sure, you're, you're probably pretty secure. But if you're a guy on the team and you're not Dalton Schoen, you're not Nick Dembski, you're not Kenny Lawler, your job is up for grabs. You got to fight for that job every single day. And you know, Sheed will fight for it. Cause I think, I think he fights for everything every single day. He's always redlining it. He's always passionate as can be. I like yeah. what Scott Rogers says, rifle up uh, Scott. 
he likes the concept of rewarding long-term loyalty, which I agree with, right? Like mm-hmm. stay with a team for more than three years so that the fans can actually get your name on the jersey, right? We we don't lo- I don't like these one-year contracts. It's not good for the league. So you know that long-term loyalty means you could be a naturalized Canadian. That's great. That's a great reward for the fans and the players. But I like what he says here, not at the expense of current Canadian numbers. So I, I think, you know, if it if this naturalized Canadian rule results in Canadians, starters, getting less reps, I think that's problematic for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I want to see it, like, I want to see a season of it before I start saying, I don't know if I like it or if it's dangerous or this or that or the other. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Is it worth I mean, mentioning who on the team could be naturalized Canadians? Yeah, you went through and... and uh, I went and through and... You did your homework. So, so again, these are guys that have been in the CFL for in their sixth year or they're in their fourth year with the Bombers. And it's uh, Biggie, Kyrie Wilson, um, uh, BA, Winston Rose, Alden Darby, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, Kenny Lawler, Pat Newfeld, Rashid Bailey, uh, Janarian Grant, and Sergio Castillo. So, I mean, most of those guys are starters in their own right, so they're probably not subbing in unless it's Bailey. The other guy that could sub in could be Winston Rose. I, I suppose if if – but the only way I see that happening is if maybe there's a Canadian DB that starts at halfback or cornerback because of an injury to a starting American – and then maybe you sub in Rose as the naturalized Canadian. But like we, the only Canadian spot we often play in the DB uh, rotation is at safety. Nick Hallett has played safety. A little bit of dime Winston, once in a while. A little bit okay, of dime. Okay, so maybe yeah. a bit of dime. But Winston Rose doesn't play dime or safety. So I, I don't know that he would sub in. I think it would have to be a Canadian that's starting that he would have to sub in for, like uh, – like a Jer- uh, what's name? Jeremy Kelly or a defensive back who's got a Canadian passport. It is it is interesting that you mention Winston Rose because we failed to mention him amongst guys that have missed a lot of training. Yeah, camp. so good point. Winston Rose, um, you know, last season. I want to remind everybody out there because this is one of the guys that I'm really high on. He hasn't been you know, the, the breakout defensive back in training camp, give that to Evan Holm. Uh, I thought Evan Holm's days in the CFL were numbered. That's how I saw his 2022 season, man. He has looked good, looked good in the preseason game in Edmonton. He makes plays every single day. It seems in camp, uh, off the charts, uh, Evan Holm pretty much locking up that field side halfback spot. I see uh, Desmond Lawrence as that field side corner. And then the boundary side, the short side of the field, that's where you put your best players. Okay. That's where your weak side linebacker is. That's where your boundary corner and boundary half are. Boundary half, one of the best players in the league, hands down, Dietrich Nichols. We know that. (laughs) Of course. But the boundary corner spot, this is what I wanted to remind fans of. Last year, prior to being injured, Demario Houston secured that spot from Winston Rose. That is arguably your most important 
cover spot in the defensive backfield and Demario Houston snagged it from Winston Rose. Now, was that because Rose was hurt? Well, maybe they actually put Winston Rose on the other side of the field. That was before the Blue Bombers signed Desmond Lawrence. And yeah, they were nicked up and had to, you know, move some pieces around. But Demario Houston is somebody I think whose future is really bright in the CFL. So is Winston Rose's job in trouble? Mm, I'm not sure, but Matt Cole, a rookie, and Abu Damare Soare, a rookie, those two, along with Jamal Parker, who started nine games for the Blue Bombers last season, Demario Houston, Evan Holm, those guys, Desmond Lawrence, they're all pushing for a spot. I think the only spots in the defensive backfield that are, are secured are... Um, safety with Brandon Alexander and boundary halfback with Dietrich yeah. Nichols. The dime is also a spot. Of course, well, you, you speak to the dime because it's back to the old ways, Zach. What do you mean? With Alden Darby? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love me some Alden Darby. I thought he was a standout player in that first preseason game and you know, he's a guy that uh, last year walked because they chose to stick with uh, Mercy Maston. But once Maston got injured, it became abundantly clear that, uh, especially with Hamilton benching Alden Darby for reasons unknown to me, maybe, maybe because, well, they've got, uh, what's his name, Cameron Kelly, who's pretty darn good. Man, I think he's hey? the best, like, oh, Cameron Kelly. Yeah, you, you're here high on him. But uh, Dar- Darby uh, Darby came in and solidified, stabilized the uh, the dimeback position, which is such a which is such a challenging position in the CFL. You have to cover, and you gotta you gotta be able to tackle. And I think people might re- remember Donald Rutledge. Uh, he was racking up stats, but I think he fell out of favor with Richie Hall and those those coach that coaching staff. And Darby solidified that, and and I think. There's there's not even anyone behind him on the depth chart there, maybe except Retta Cramdy. Hey, Darren? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they try to find that guy, that big body, that, uh, that big body that can cover, right? I mean, I'm not talking linebacker size, but a little bit more size or a real hard nose for the football. And by that, I mean a guy that can go into the box. That's, you know, where the linebackers are, be a defensive back, be able to turn and run with, you know, the, the fastest receivers in the league or tailbacks, but also be able to get into the box, line up right behind the defensive line and go smack somebody in the mouth, stop the run, take on a tackle, take on a pulling guard, um, hit somebody, not a fleet of foot, uh, you know, uh, corner, right. Mm-hmm. They got to kind of be a mix of both. So Alden Darby has been that. I think he did, uh, you know, he, he's played quite well. Um, is he off the charts, like all-star level in the opinion of some, maybe not of mine, nothing personal to him, but, uh, you know, again, uh, that's why I'm here to, to call it. Like I see it. There are probably a half dozen, uh, dime backers. That is strong side linebackers, the dime spot dime backers that I would rank ahead of Alden Darby, but Darby is very good. And when you're the Winnipeg blue bombers and you're as star studded across the board, if you can get a guy like Alden Darby 
to a contract and, and have him there and be a veteran and be somebody who's versatile and can be solid and consistent like he's been, I think they're incredibly happy and Bombers fans should be incredibly happy to have Alden Darby uh, there. New number this year, number two, Desmond Lawrence number wearing two. 22. Right, um, right, because yeah. Ellingson was two last year. There's a right. comment here, Darren, yeah. just just going to sticking with DBs here and you being a DB. Um do you see any possibility that Winston Rose is released by the Bombers? Yeah, I noticed. Uh, I think that's CJ a really mentioned interesting that. I'll pull, question. I'll, I'll pull that back up. Is there a chance? I mean, look, like I could say, like, of course, there's a chance. I don't know why I'm hesitating to say that. I, I guess I'm hesitating on the phrasing. In pro football, anybody can get released. Sean Lemon got released by the yeah. BC Lions. You know, Sergio Castillo got released by the Elks. Yep, exactly. You know, Desmond Lawrence, rookie yeah. of the year nominee for the Tie Cats in 2021, released in 2022. What does he do? Joins the two-time Grey Cup champion Blue Bombers, goes to well the team's third straight Grey Cup, and he starts in the Grey Cup at corner, um, and and looks to have a, a starting spot locked up for this season. So like, it happens, right? Shit happens. In pro football, yeah. in pro sports. So is there a chance? Yes. Do I think they're going to cut Winston Rose? No, I don't think they're going to. I think he has so much experience and he has so much, um, you know, leadership clout. Uh, he's a real glue guy. Okay. Something maybe people don't know about Winston Rose is, is he is a glue guy. He keeps a lot of guys in check. Uh, you know, I think it was last year, him and Brandon Alexander told me like Brandon Alexander's kind of like, you know, strict parent and Winston's the fun parent. So <laughs> there's two types of glue guys right there. The one that keeps everybody in line and the other that also keeps everybody in line, but you know, has a good time doing it and has a good time with everybody. So real glue guy. So no, I don't think he's somebody the Blue Bombers are looking to release. I think he's somebody you might even look to trade if mm. you see him as expendable. But let's be real here. Abu Damare Soiree and Matt Cole have never played a down of a regular season or playoff game in the CFL. Jamal Parker has nine starts under his belt. Demario Houston, probably in the same realm there, maybe less. Evan Holm looks good. Th things are, are working for him right now, but one year of real DB experience and also kick returning uh, for the Blue Bombers. Desmond Lawrence, Dietrich Nichols, Brandon Alexander. Um, there's the value right there um, of the Dimebacker. Um, Alden Darby, because there's another veteran that can help keep that group a little bit more sharp and on the ball. So does Winnipeg want to go that young at defensive back? Oof, I don't, I don't know if they do. I think it's important to have depth. We've yeah. seen it in years past, Zach happens all the time. Two guys in the defensive backfield to go down to injury. Then what are you going to do? You going to start right. three rookies back there. Like, come on. Right. I think it's even last league, year, wasn't it uh, the same spot? Again, it, we played against Calgary. We ended up winning the game, but Mario Houston went down on the corner 
and then his replacement, uh, Patrice Rene, went down on a special teams play or something. Mm-hmm. So you can lose two guys in the same position. No, you got to have depth. I think it would be silly to release a guy like Winston Rose, especially, as you say, if he's a glue guy. Uh, maybe he's the uh, bright pink, uh, bright pink glitter glue, and uh, and Brandon Alexander's the uh, the school glue. But uh, you need you need all types <laughs> of sticky in the locker room. That is quite an analogy by you, Zach. Clearly, a girl yeah. dad you are. Oh, gl- don't get me started on glitter, especially when you have old hardwood floors. You never get that stuff out. Oh my god. Look, don't I, I don't have kids, but I got a girlfriend. I hate glitter. It is the worst <laughs> thing ever created. Hate it. It's it's horrible to anybody who likes a clean, tidy house, let me tell you. So uh, sticking with the defense in some of these positional battles, Zach, and, and big thanks to everybody who's joining us here on Bonfire Midweek. Keep hitting the comments. Hit the hotline, 816-TIPS. 204-816-8477. And if you're listening on the podcast, go give a thumbs up, go give a, like a comment, give a review. Uh, we'll probably put it up on uh, bonfiresports.ca. Uh, and you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep the good things uh, flowing here. Um, go tell a friend. That's what I wanted to say. Go tell a friend about bonfire sports. Say Chris Walby's got a pregame show. Some goofball has got a show with super fan Zach Schnitzer on Wednesday nights. They got a post game show, which is their, you know, it's a party game day after dark. If you haven't checked it out yet, like Zach, you know this because you're so often right there with me for game day after dark, after every blue bombers game, home road, preseason playoffs. It is our, it is our, our most popular show by a mile. Yeah. Take that Walby. (laughs) <laughs> Three-time Grey Cup champion, best offensive lineman ever. You're you're being upstaged by a short little Jewish man mm. <laughs> who's never mm. played football. Well, never oh, real man. football. I played schoolyard football. You played a little schoolyard? Yeah, I was I was fast, man. I was good. I could have been a running back. Mm. Could have I been a contender. You. Hey? I, I I could see you, you know, having that lateral quickness, you know, like the you know, little jump cut cut through the hole cut through the good. hole baby zach schnitzer good hands good hands yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> um so as we stick with uh some of those positional battles in the defensive uh side of the ball for the bombers Kyrie wilson will begin the season on the six game injured list so too will teadric hansen the best global player in the cfl hands down uh but with wilson at weak side linebacker on the sixth game to start the year, Malik Clements is there. Brian Cole is back for a second season with Winnipeg. Fellow global, well, not Brian Cole, but global, Les yeah. Maruo uh, yeah. is at weak side linebacker. Shane Gauthier, Jesse Briggs, Tanner Cadwallader. Uh, They have options both at middle linebacker, if, you know, uh, Adam Big Hill isn't able to play, and at weak side. Barrington Wade is the rookie, number 54, who has been making noise. Uh, He is long. By long, football people know what I'm talking about. Long, long legs, long torso, long arms can, you know, he's long and he can move. Carlton Agadosi, long, long for days. Uh, Barrington Wade, long and quick. He says in the NFL, I think he was with the Broncos for a little bit, loves to run sideline to sideline, big field. He says, this is made for me. 
Um, you know, he, he likes to run. So I think Barrington Wade is, is one of those young guys that is going to push Malik Clements, maybe even push Kyrie Wilson. He'll be that guy that'll be around. I, I can't see the Blue Bombers cutting him. He'll be around. He'll be on special teams. He'll maybe be a PR guy. But this is a guy who I think looking towards the future is somebody who can uh, lock up, um, you know, a, a nice tidy little career in the CFL if he can continue to keep putting things together. So with Big Hill hurt and with Kyrie Wilson, um, I should say with Adam Big Hill seemingly hurt yeah. and with Kyrie Wilson on the sixth game to start the season, Malik Clements, some of those Canadians we talked about, Les Moreau, the global, Brian Cole, but Barrington Wade, a young guy, his opportunity may come. I think if he if he makes the roster and he plays well, I think we'll start calling him Sir Barrington Wade because he sounds like a lord or something in uh, in the echelons of British uh, high society. <laughs> Barrington Wade is an amazing name. Uh, <laughs> well, no doubt Waiters likes Barrington Wade's name. Oh, no doubt. Uh, good to see Waiters back. Jeff Kabilis, I love this, Sack. Sorry to interrupt. What's that? Jeff Kabila wow. says, yo, just driving the lawnmower and listening in multitask and wow. he's watching live on YouTube. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, or maybe you're listening to this uh, a little bit later on podcast, but that's the way to do it. Jeff. Good to see you, uh, in the live chat. Uh, yeah, Jeff, you must have a quiet, like electric lawnmower or something, or you've got us on a really loud, uh, careful, really good there, buddy headphones. Or really good headphones. I've tried. I was going to use the slang lower. term in radio. We call it. them cans. Cans. Really good cans. Good cans, Jeff. Yeah. On um, YouTube, cans are a different thing. But okay. On radio, cans okay. are your headphones. I'm still scarred from those porn bots from last year, Darren. So oh, you know, keep a lid on it, brother. Keep a lid on those cans. Listen, Malik Clements is a guy that I've heard has a never-ending motor. You know, he has he has a strong will to, you know, get to the tackle, get to the quarterback, but that sometimes maybe he struggles to get off blocks. Uh, whereas Kyrie Wilson, you could have two guys blocking him and he'll get out a pinky finger and trip up the running back. Like he's just so underrated. He's so sneaky good as Kyrie Wilson. So I sure hope he's not gone for long. He, he is such a good player for the Bombers. And, and, you know, he, he could be like six game to start the year. That doesn't mean he will miss six games. He could miss, uh, as little as four. Um, right. well, gosh, I mean, he could miss even less, but it'll probably be four if they do, uh, decide to activate, uh, him early. Uh, wanted to get to this, uh, one, I, I totally agree with you on, on Kyrie Wilson, man. I, I sure hope he's back because he is incredibly good uh you know you when you play alongside adam big hill so often you can uh you can get overlooked uh vicky short good to see you vicky um and and good to see you at training camp a little bit earlier this year too and having a chat what yes. day is cuts for the blo the bombers well we know this sack they made their cuts three days into training camp they had to trim it down to 75 plus non-counters we won't get into that if you really want to know what a non-counter is text the hotline 816-8477. I'll, uh, I'll give you personal attention to that, but, um, <laughs> there's no cut since that third day, fourth day of training camp. So Winnipeg will go into this game this weekend, Friday night, seven 30. Uh, and then that night start making decisions on cuts. 
Saturday when all the guys come back in to look at film and kind of slowly put that game and, and training camp in the, you know, on, on the back burner and you look towards the first game of the regular season, which is on a Thursday. Is it a Thursday? Uh, June 9th. I think it's a Thursday. Yeah. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's a Friday. So no, cause June 2nd is a Friday. So June, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seven days. Oh boy. That's a little math for us. But One octave uh, up. Yep. when, when those guys come in on Saturday, Mike O'Shea, this is how he does his business. He will always have a personal conversation with each and every player that the team has decided to move on from. So on Friday, they'll play a game on Friday night, like late at night, maybe over a couple cold ones. Uh, the, the coaching staff, the GM, all the, everybody, they will work tirelessly into the night and, and throughout the weekend making the decisions of who's on the team, who's on the practice roster and who in the words of Chris Walby gets an apple and a roadmap. Uh, <laughs> CFL rules indicate that uh, every CFL team that cuts a player, you have to give them a plane ride home. So if I was cut by a CFL team, Zach, and believe me, I would be, uh, I'd be like, you know what? I live in Maui yeah, and right. <laughs> uh, you can, you can send me home. That's just fine with me. And, uh, that, that's what, uh, that's how I would begin my, uh, retirement, uh, from professional <laughs> football. But, uh, so Winnipeg will make cuts, uh, this coming weekend. When will they announce them? Different story. They will not announce them right as they happen. In Winnipeg's case, they'll probably announce their practice roster early-ish in the week, maybe even as late as midweek. Um, and of course we'll, we'll keep you covered Wednesday night, uh, midweek. Well, it's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. No, it's a Friday game. So Thursday pregame, Wednesday, we'll, we'll do bonfire midweek here, yeah. as always. Um, but there is no more cuts or cut deadlines in the CFL until these teams need to set their roster for their week one game. So Winnipeg will have to have a depth chart out on Thursday next week. That would be June 8th. And well, then away we go with the 2023 season. Um, you know, with the great cut back in Hamilton, uh, in late November, away we go. So you're saying summertime. If I, if I understand you correctly, you're saying the cuts don't have to come until June 8th, but they'll likely be earlier. They, they will be before that. Yeah. Yeah. But Winnipeg needs to set their practice roster, 10 guys, uh, and their roster. I think the absolute deadline, I could be mistaken. Like there, there might be something where you got to set it before that, but there's no more cut down, right? There's no more, okay, you know, you got to have 68 guys or 60. No, it's you set your 45 man roster, your 10 player practice roster and your injured lists. Those guys are in addition, but you got to keep right. everybody under the cap. If you're on the six game or you're on the one game, sorry, if you're on the one game, you count against the cap. And if you're on the six game, you better make sure you got room for that guy when they come off the six game injured right, list to fit right. under the cap four teams in the CFL, Zach, four teams last season circumvented. Uh, that's maybe the wrong word went over the cap less than a hundred thousand dollars. In the case of everybody, uh, the Toronto Argonauts, the Winnipeg blue bombers were the two biggest offenders. I think Winnipeg went over like $63,000, which is less than one minimum salary contract. 
less than one minimum salary contract. They went over the cap and half the league did. I think I did the math. It's something like 1.8% over the, over the salary cap. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers went. So all these people saying Winnipeg are, you know, these teams are cheating. They're this or that. Like, give me a break. Half the league went over the cap this yeah. year. They know what they're doing. If they go over the cap, it's because a guy got healthy. They're in a roster pinch. They pulled him off the one game or the six game. They activated him. Uh, or, you know, like less than one minimum salary contract over. Man, it's like, it's almost like uh margin for error. Yeah. It's like, you know, someone accuses you of shoplifting, but you just grab a couple of grapes and at the supermarket and pop that them is in your mouth just to see if they're fresh. No, no, no. That is shoplifting. <laughs> I liked your glitter analogy a little bit, but that one's terrible. Well, just to see if they're fresh. And because sometimes a plump grape, it can be a sour one. So you don't want to buy a huge thing. Grapes are expensive, dude. I went shopping today. It was oh. eight bucks. Eight bucks for a pound of grapes. What the heck is happening? Yeah. You got to go to Costco. It's like nine or 10 bucks, but you get way more. Yeah. But then you spend too much money other places like buying chocolate covered figs or something. I am a Costco ninja slide in and out. Bang, bang. I know where the shortest line is. I got my map, like mental map of the place. I know exactly where to park far away. Because yeah, yeah like, you're you're the guy, you're the one who does a surgical strike. I wish I was like oh, you. Man. You get your paper towel, your eggs, your bananas, and your propane, and you're gone. <laughs> propane. I'm not waiting at Costco for propane. Oh I mean, no, it's probably pro- they have a good they have a good propane. They got a good price. And, no, I um <laughs> uh, we gotta kick the kick this into gear. Speaking of kicking into gear, kicker. So you said you might be yes. wrong. Mark Leggio. What do you mean so by that? So I said this past week that I think Mark Leggio will be the punter. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident in saying he'll be the starting punter this season. I don't know. I don't know. I think his seat is hot. And I mean, like I say that to bomber fans, Mark, the Mark Leggio seats getting hot. He's on the hot seat. Yeah. No kidding. Captain obvious, <laughs> but I don't think I, I thought his job was pretty secure just from reading between the lines, just my gut a little bit. I don't know if that's the case. I think he is going to have to, like he didn't dress in the first preseason game. Is that a good indication? I thought it was. I thought that's a good indication. Him and Sergio Castillo. Chandler Staten has come on. I haven't seen him punt, but he can kick. He has got a good leg. He is accurate. Uh, He is smooth and consistent. I think he's somebody that is probably going to make the team. Does that make Sergio Castillo expendable via trade? Maybe. I don't know. But how does he make the team? Does he supplant uh, Sergio Castillo? Chandler practice Staten? roster. Practice roster. Oh, you see practice roster. Okay. That, that's, that's what, what I, I think. thought you meant. Because here's the thing. If you're a kicker, you better have a really good agent if you're going to get cut from a team in training camp in Canada. Mm, right? Yeah. I think you want to be on the practice roster. I think it looks good that the team has retained you, even though they've got arguably the top kicker in the CFL and Sergio Castillo, or maybe top three, but, uh, Mark Leggio, I don't know if his job is so secure. These, um, you know, Schmitz and Jamison, that is how you pronounce it. It is. Yes. Uh, Oh, sorry. Jamison, uh, Jamison Sheehan and Carl Schmitz, the two global punters. Uh, one of these guys might 
might secure the job. You know, who cares if one of them's 36 years old? It means, he, it means he's got another six years to go before sure. he's Louis Pasaglia or Bob, Bob Cameron. Cameron. Who cares? Yeah. So, Sh Sh Schmidt's almost had the punt of the year so far. I mean, that's not saying much. It's preseason, but uh, it just it just bounced off an elk player and went into the end zone. But mm -hmm. it was one of those end over ends that bounced on the one yard line. Like it was incredible. But both punters had a very similar average up in the high 40s. Uh, very good punting from both of them. Almost identical, actually. Yeah. So maybe one of them could, you're saying one of them could uh, make Legio expendable. Yeah. Because watching Mark Legio kick field goals in practice, he's still missing. Is he? You know, I mean, everybody misses. Like I've seen Castillo miss and Staten miss. But... um. At what point do you say, okay, we got to cut our losses on this Canadian yeah. three-tool kicker that they drafted? Um, I think it's going to be important for Mark Leggio to have maybe one of his best games of his life on Friday night mm -hmm. in that regular season finale. Would Mark Leggio take a practice roster spot? That right. could be an option potentially. I, well, I don't know how it's be, all going to what, shake what out. What would his other options be? I don't see another team picking him up. Well, you never know. That that you never know. Because what if what if Edmonton kept Sergio Castillo? Winnipeg would have been looking for a you know a guy with CFL experience. No. Yeah, potentially, or they just would have given the job to Staten hands down. I don't know. That's a it's a fascinating and be it fascinating to see who they actually dress when that depth chart comes out. Which kickers are they going to look at more closely under the lights on Friday? Yeah, hopefully not too many lights uh, by way of lightning. I hear the it's going to be potentially a thunderstorm that night, but I don't think you're going to get a crowd to stick around for a long delay in a preseason game. Yeah, well, and and speaking of people going to that game. Walby and I plan to talk about this tomorrow on game day, Winnipeg. We're going to go live 4.15 in the afternoon, bonfiresports.ca. Be sure to check it out. Um, gone are the days where football teams will play their names, play their best players, their fan favorites at home. Kind of almost no matter what. Those days are gone. Zach Kolaris went to Edmonton with the first team offense. He led two touchdown drives. We haven't even talked about Terrell Pigram, but he right. punched in one of he punched in a touchdown on, on one of those drives in Edmonton that Zach Kolaris led. Kolaris will not dress on Friday night. Um, there could be a lot of guys that won't dress Friday night. I think Friday night against the Rough Riders, who I think will be in the basement of the West in 2023 by the way amen uh, <laughs> i think it's going to be all about assessing the depth of the roster yeah. this is not a you know let's see more willie jefferson let's see more right. um kenny lawler and zach claris and, and stanley bryant they're going to dress the guys that are fighting for jobs. And I think that's the smart thing to do. It's unfortunate for the fans, but eh, this is what, what I say to fans. Tell, tell me what you think of this. What would you rather have, Zach? Would you rather see three drives, maybe even a couple two and outs 
of Zach Kolaris? One big touchdown pass to Kenny Lawler? Or would you rather see Kolaris look mid-season form in week one? Healthy yeah. and clicking. And rested too, right? Because there's a bit of a short turnaround between uh, this Friday's game and next Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't need to see him play. I and because they streamed the other preseason game, I've already seen. I saw the Lawler touchdown. I but saw you the see Lawler the person. You want to you want to jump up and down at the run? Nah, no, I don't want to. You want to run the stairs, Zach? I want to listen. I can run the stairs over some. Uh, would be challengers, some some practice roster guys, or like some... a Jordan Salima touchdown. Sure, I'll, I can run the stairs for that. Uh, I'll be wearing my knee brace. I can do anything. I could do anything physically. I know you can do anything. I could dunk I know you with my knee brace. Dunkin' Oreo, but I can dunk. But <laughs> listen, no, I mean let's let's be honest. I, I I'm there to see some of the. I want to see more Barrington Wade up close. I want to see Carl Schmitz up close. Mm-hmm. I I want to see uh, what's his name Timothy Schmeckel up close Tanner Tanner not Timothy okay sorry Tanner sorry Schmeckel. sorry yeah. Mister Schmeckel not just because of your name I want to see him up close apparently he's got a grin on his face all the time according to Mike O'Shea guys well, the Schnitzers and the there. Schmeckels you you guys were in tight we're always happy yeah we're from a small town in Russia yeah or Poland. Um, yeah, no, I, I like Len Reimer saying, I like to see the new potential uh, dudes, new potential new dudes fighting it out. I, I, I want to see Abu Swara, uh, uh, Dorami Soiree, right? For a nice soiree at the Madhouse. I want to see, mm. I want to see him fight it out. There's, I mean, I want to see Evan Ullman person with apparently the best feed of any DB uh, Michael Shea's ever seen. There's so much to watch. And the O-line battles, we haven't even talked about that. There's lots to see there. I mean, will Liam Dobson improve his uh, his hiking because he hiked it over the guy uh, Pigram's head uh, a couple of times? And well, he's going to be. It looks like Liam Dobson is going to be the backup center for Week One because Tui Ellie right uh, placed on the one game injured list, so it's probably going to be Chris Kolonkowski, uh rightfully so, at center. Uh, Tui Ellie on the one game to start the season. Uh, Liam Dobson being that sixth man, lining up a tight end, uh, snapping at center in a pinch. Um, you know, if he's got to fill in for a Jeff Gray or Pat Newfeld, um, it'll be it'll be Liam Dobson. Um, I mean, uh, as a first round pick of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and somebody I think who's got, uh, you know, a big personality and all of the yeah. physical tools to be a good pro, uh, to, to be a, you know, a starter in this league. It's a big year for Liam Dobson. It's a big start yeah. to the year, uh, with, with you know, Tui Ellie comes back. The, the Bombers sign him like Tui Ellie's going to start on this offensive line eventually. Is that and right? They're hoping Liam Dobson can too. But when you added Tui Ellie to the mix, Liam Dobson's like, Oh boy. You're better, pretty high uh, on. He better show out. He better show out. You're pretty out. high on Tui Yeah. Or they're pretty high on Tui Yeah. Yeah. Because he was out of football last year, and he came back because of his relationship with O'Shea. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the I mean, everyone's talking about Piggy T. I'd like to see what Piggy T does. Can he repeat that? Right? Because it's consistency that you're looking for. You know, everyone's had. You know, at Rocky Butler had a highlight real game is is Tyrell Pigram going to be able to repeat you know you know that that beautiful 34 year old 
34-year-old, 34-yard strike, right, to Jeremy Murphy on second and 27. Can Maybe not that, but can he can he throw the rock? Or can he just run? Like, we got to see what he can do in the second game. I want to see what Josh Jones can bring. Yeah. He didn't really have much of a chance to show anything. Uh, maybe he's he's uh, he's got some exciting things to show us on Friday too. Um, there, there's just lots to see there. And then Anthony Bennett, the first round pick this year uh, on the defensive line, uh, what can he do? You know, or Caleb Thomas, he had that block field goal. He had a stack. What's he gonna? Is he gonna be uh, also consistent? Uh, consistently good. Yeah, I th- I think there are some questions uh, at defensive tackle. Walby, there's there's few better to talk to than Chris Walby. Him and I are going to get into it uh, on Thursday, four fifteen, live here on Bonfire Sports Game Day, Winnipeg, and our pregame show. Um, but Ricky Walker, his job is not exactly safe. But I wouldn't say there's a ton of guys. Uh, you know, you mentioned a couple there, Zach. I wouldn't say there's a ton of guys pushing him too, too hard. Um, quarterback. This is my assessment going into the second preseason game. Because people are asking, you know, will will Pigram stick? They call him Piggy T, which is just an awesome nickname for a guy a named yeah. Terrell Pigram. Um, this is Terrell Pigram's job to lose. He's the third stringer as it stands right now. Okay. Josh Jones needs to do some very special things to knock Terrell Pigram off of that number three spot in the Blue Bombers quarterback stable. Drew Brown is the number two. He will be the primary backup. Zach Kolaris will not dress or play on Friday, but he is obviously the number one. He's the best quarterback, the best player in the CFL today. Two-time reigning MOP, of course. But Terrell Pigram did a lot. Now, is it locked in that he's the number three? No. My assessment is it's his job to lose. Hmm. So Josh Jones can maybe do some things. Josh Jones is young. So is Terrell Pigram, but Josh Jones is young and he didn't get an opportunity to do too much in that first preseason game. Friday night here in Winnipeg, Josh Jones needs to show out to make this a tough decision. Tyrell Pigram did a lot in Edmonton. He still has a lot to learn. It's tough moving from the National Football League and, and, uh, well, in, in Pigram's case, American football, 11 man football mm-hmm. and come here and be an effective quarterback right away. It is not easy. So right. often coaches will say about quarterbacks down in distance, situational awareness, clock awareness. So what's, where's the down? What down is it? Cause they're used to having three downs. They don't realize that, right. oh, it's second and eight. We need eight. We don't need six so we can punch it in on third down, right, you know, punch in right. a, a first down. So down in distance, uh, situational awareness, meaning where are we on the field? Because field position matters in the Canadian football league and clock awareness. The play clock is quick, right? Terrell Pigram mentioned this after the game. It's like, it's really fast. It's go, go, go. It's not this 40 second play lock like play clock like yeah. they have 
in American football, college, NFL, whatever. It's yeah. fast. So he's yeah. got to get in the huddle, call the play and get to the line of scrimmage. These things are all in addition to knowing the playbook, being used to 12 guys on the field, being right. used to that extra defensive back often, or maybe it's an extra D lineman or an extra linebacker. Coverages are different. Guys you have have the waggle. So if it's like a, you know, a, a hook or a hitch route or even like a, a stop and go uh, or a post, you know, a quarterback needs to realize, okay, Dalton Schoen isn't starting from scratch. He is going like yeah. 30K an hour at least when he hits the line of scrimmage. Uh, and believe me, these American guys aren't thinking about, you know, K per hour. They're K thinking miles hour. per hour. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I digress. The 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 differences for these quarterbacks is, is a lot. So Terrell Pigram did the, I would say, the hard part. You might even argue that learning all of these rules and nuances is the hard part, but he made plays happen. He threw for touchdowns, or sorry, he threw for long first downs. He ran for touchdowns. He punched one in on the goal line. Winnipeg needs their third stringer to yeah. run the short yardage package. He is small. They probably would want somebody bigger, like, like a Dakota Prukop, like a Chris Streveler. Uh, like a Tommy Stevens in Calgary, a big, big guy to run that short yardage package just to have a little bit more power and leverage. But if you do enough in addition to that, I think you can uh, have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers offensive staff comfortable. It This is Terrell Pigram's job to lose. We'll see if Josh Jones can do something about that on Friday. Yeah, I see Josh Jones getting at least a quarter of work, eh? At hey, Darren, least. Like they, they already know what they have in Drew Brown. I'm sure Brown will get a little bit of work, but I imagine. Get a, I, I think they'll give Brown a, a chunk and then yeah. they'll give the rest to, to Pigram and Jones. Yeah, like maybe Brown gets a quarter and then Piggy and 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 Jones each get a quarter in a bit, um, if my math is right there. But yeah, the CFL is way bigger, bingo, bango. It's, it's, it's bigger field. It's faster, bigger, faster, stronger. I don't know about stronger. Those NFL guys are athletic it's freaks. It's probably stronger. Yeah, it's stronger. What am I saying? Of course it's stronger. No, well, I'm, I'm super strength, excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, and listen to you and Walby tomorrow at 4.15. Wasn't it 3 o'clock last year? What's what's this 4.15? We, we often did 3 o'clock last year. It'll be moving <laughs> around a little bit, so keep it locked to our social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, we'll, we'll keep you locked, but like you just, this is all you got to do. Go to YouTube right now and subscribe. And then there's a little bell that comes up and you just click that bell. It'll like color up yellow. And when you do that, you'll get alerted when we're live. So like your phone will literally go boop, bonfire sports is live. Okay. Time for the pregame show. I got to get into the comments and chirp these guys because they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, that's all you got to do. Um, but if you haven't yet, give us a thumbs up, hit the comments, uh, and text the hotline 816 tips, 816-8477. Walby joins me as always 415 on Thursday. And then Zach, you'll join me for the first edition uh, or pardon me, the second edition uh, yeah. of Game Day After Dark. What's the first, was my first uh, turn this year so forgettable, Darren? Come on. 
It's the second edition. Man, preseason games are forgettable. You're never forgettable. Oh, the fire starters out there in the live chat, you are never forgettable. Thanks for joining us as always. Should I uh, should I quickly throw in a sober second thought on the Grey Cup, Darren, or should we just leave it? If you got a quick one. Okay. I got a quick one. So th first thing I want to say is I am not over the Grey Cup loss, and I never will be. It just gets easier with time. But... Uh, if you're looking for a what if moment in that gray cup, as you remember, Chad Kelly came in for an injured McLeod Bethel Thompson and somehow managed to, uh, you know, take the lead and, and keep it uh, in that gray cup game. They ended up winning by a point 24, 23, but in his, one of his first series, there's a pass knockdown on first and 10 by Willie Jefferson. And we were all cheering, right? Pass knockdown, Willie Jefferson. That's what he does. Now they're on second and 10 with a backup QB. We shouldn't have been cheering that pass knockdown, Darren. We should have been crying. Because if Willie Jefferson doesn't knock that pass down, buddy, we win the Grey Cup. Because who is there with arms wide open right behind him? Who jumped a route perfectly to be in a position for an easy pick six? was your boy, the tarpaulin. Dietrich Nichols was literally right behind Willie Jefferson with his arms wide open. He would have had, he jumped through perfectly, he would have had a pick six. And I did rewatch the Grey Cup, and that was one thing that stood out to me. That was such a big what if, man. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? But, you know, that's that's football. It's fickle. It's, uh, it's uh, devious. It can hurt you in the heart. For many many years to come, so I did watch the rewatch re the Grey Cup, and I would recommend if you're a Bomber fan who's still hurting, rewatch it. It, it it's hard to watch it again, but it makes it makes the pain go away a little bit just to to get it out of your system, Darren. Yeah, it's like a band aid, you know. Just rip it off. Don't uh, yeah. Don't don't shy away from it. Embrace yeah. the pain. Uh, then you learn to love it. I've heard that, uh, from, from some football players through the years. Uh, I can't wait for Friday, man. Uh, home game, IG yeah. field, the madhouse on Matheson rain or shine. They're going to be playing football. Uh, you can go to their blue bombers website and get some information on game day transportation stuff as far right. as, um, you know, getting there and, and out in time, uh, still a little bit of construction cooking, uh, in, in some surrounding areas, but I've never had an issue getting in or out after reading the information on the blue bombers website, they tell you to use the Waze app and, uh, that sort of thing. But, um, it should be a blast, uh, looking forward to seeing everybody back here tomorrow for game day winnipeg 415 with chris walby shout out shannon's irish pub if you don't want to deal with fort gary traffic tomorrow get downtown even better i should say friday night uh pre-game post-game they got you covered 21 beers on tap go check them out 175 carlton street just a saucer pass down the block from true north square shannon's irish pub dot ca good time zach Good to be oh, back yeah. on Bonfire Midweek with you, man. Yeah, great to uh, to get our first one done here, Darren. And uh, next week will be the second edition. I'll have to keep track with you, uh, buddy. Second oh, I put edition. It in the, I put it on the YouTube thumbnail. It says right in the top corner. Oh, good. Good. Season two, episode one. Season in the two already, eh? They yep. brought me back. 
Very, very, very honored to be back, Darren. This was fun. Well, as the, as the general manager of Bonfire yeah. Sports, I'm, I want to ensure that I can get you to become a naturalized 49er. So oh, yeah. I need you. I, I need a contract extension that's going to keep you in Winnipeg. And, you know, if <laughs> if uh, if you're on the pop list or the six game or the suspended list for personal reasons, we'll do what we have to do. But uh, you're part of the woodwork here. We're, we're not going anywhere without you. Love it. Love it, DB. And have fun with Walby tomorrow. I'll be listening in and uh, we'll see you Friday. You bet. Should be a good one. Riders are in town. Rivalry preseason game should be a blast. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Sayonara. Sayonara.